uh, 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 bluegrass singing in a barn, and I don't know whether it was the horses or the hay or the stuff the horses get from the hay. <clears throat> but I woke up this morning and I felt like I got hit by a truck. But anyway, we're gonna, we had a great time last night. Man, we had a good time last night, but we're going to have a better time this morning. I, I want to I wanna take you through... Uh, we've been we've been studying and 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 preaching through a series on the perfect Christian. God says, "Be ye perfect, be ye perfect, uh, complete, mature, developed." Doesn't mean without mistakes. That's not the word we're talking about. We're talking about uh, developed maturity, uh, becoming what God wants us to be. How many of y'all know God does not expect you to be where you are the very first day you get saved? God expects growth. God expects you to develop and become stronger as a soldier. You can't stay a, you can't stay a baby. You got to turn into a soldier. Say amen. And we said there was there were several things that, that described and gave the characteristics of a, a perfect Christian, a developed Christian. Uh, one was they were a sharing Christian. Uh, they shared the gospel. They shared their faith. They had to tell somebody what God had done for them. And then the second thing we, we studied the last two weeks is that he's a sanctified Christian. He's a sanctified Christian. God's cleaning him up. He wants to live a holy life, a righteous life. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound just because we have eternal life and God has saved us? Does that mean we can just do what we want? God forbid. God forbid that we should live any there any longer. Amen. God wants us to be holy. Well, today, I want to take the third part of that particular message and, and study that God wants us to be a sacrificial Christian, a sacrificial Christian. And I know, I know automatically we always, when we hear that word, say, uh-oh, he's wanting an offering. <clears throat> but it's a whole lot more than that. It's a whole lot more than that. You say, does God want my wallet? No, he wants all of you. All of you. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Romans 12 in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, <clears throat> that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable, just reasonable. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, <clears throat> which is your reasonable service. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word and the privilege of being in your house today. I don't deserve to stand here. I don't deserve to be here. But I am so thankful and, and I'm grateful that you've called me and put me in the ministry I'm thankful for a great crowd this morning. I'm thankful for people who are hungry to study your word. Well, we didn't come here to be entertained. We didn't come here to have our ears tickled. We came here to be edified and to grow and to be discipled and to be developed and, and learn your word. Challenge us today. Lord, I want you to encourage us, but God, I also want you to convict us. Lord, change the things that need to be changed and fix the things that need to be fixed in our lives. I pray that your perfect will be done. Move in a great way. And God will give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for everything done today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> I want to I take you through several scriptures today. 
I'm, it's not going to be as extensive as it was last week, but it, it's going to be, it's going to have a lot of stuff. So if you'll bear with me, we'll, we'll get through this together. <clears throat> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, key word, brethren. He's speaking to save people. Anytime you hear Paul talk about brethren, he's, he's talking about the brothers and sisters in Christ. So he is addressing people who are believers. He's not addressing unbelievers. Unbelievers are not expected to sacrifice anything. Uh, unbelievers are not expected to give anything to God uh, except their own selves. Amen. But he's speaking to brethren. He's speaking to save folk. He's speaking to those who claim the name of Christ. And he says, I beseech you. I, I, I beg you. It means to plead. It means to ask with urgency. This, in other words, what he's trying to say is this is important. What I'm asking you and what I'm telling you, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm fixing to explain to you is really, really important in the Christian life. Now, I, I am glad that he set it up the way he set it up because this really fits the generations that we live in today. We, we live in a society where everybody wants to know what's in it for me. What's in it for me? You know, uh, that, 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 that president who said it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, that's a long time ago. We're living in a different world, a different society. Everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's out for what, what can be done for them. And, 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 and listen, he, 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 and that's, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so he starts with that. The Apostle Paul starts with that. He says, I, I beseech you, therefore, therefore. You remember what we said about the word therefore? You got to go back before that and find what it's, what it's there for, right? So I did that. You can go back from chapter 1 to chapter 11, and, and this is what he's saying. Basically this. Here's the motivation. Now, he's asking for sacrifice, right? He's asking you to give all to God and present yourself to God. But before he asks for everything, he tells you why you should do this. Why you have an obligation to do this. Why this is just a reasonable thing to ask. Now we think that's above and beyond the call of duty. Dear God in heaven, he wants all of me, everything, completely. Yeah, and that's just reasonable. Why is that just reasonable? I beseech you therefore by the mercies. By the mercies of God. Now, if you go back in chapter 1 through chapter 11, you'll find those mercies. Now, I'm going to try to save some time, so I'm just going to go through them uh, as we find them here in this, in this particular chapter. So if you just want to listen, I'm going to list a few things here that God's done for us the moment you got saved. The moment you came to Christ, the moment you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, God done some stuff for you. Well, I know I'm going to heaven. Oh, oh, honey, it's way more than that. Now, I'm, I'm glad. If I could just miss hell, that'd been enough. If I just knew that I wasn't going to a place where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched and I wasn't going to the devil's hell, that'd be enough. But, honey, he did way more than that. Yes, amen. I'm feeling better. Amen. All right. What did he do in chapter 1, verse 7? We find, Now, we're talking about the why. If you're taking notes, number one, the why. The why. Why should I be sacrificial? Why should I live a sacrificial life? Because of the mercies of God. What mercies? First, we see divine love. Chapter 1, verse 7. 
Then we see grace, chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6. That's grace. That's divine favor, undeserved favor that you didn't earn, that you didn't do anything to get. He just wanted to give it to you. Say amen. Chapter 8, he gave us the Holy Spirit. When we got saved, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Chapters 1, 2, 5, and 8, we find the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Thank God for peace. Then we find faith 20 times in chapters 1 through 11. Comfort, chapter 1, verse 12. Power, chapter 1, verse 16. Hope, chapter 5, 8, 9 through 11. Patience, 9 through 11. Kindness, chapter 2, verse 4. Honor, chapter 2, verse 10. Righteousness, chapters 1 through 10. What does that mean? We have the righteousness of Christ imputed upon us. Why do we need Christ's righteousness? Because the best we can do, the best deeds we have are as dirty rags in God's eyes. So God said, I'll just give you my own righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, chapter 4. Reconciliation, chapter 5. Justification, 15 times in these chapters. What is justification? He made it where just if I had never sinned, God looks at me like I've never told a lie, like I've never failed, like I've never made a mistake. I'm justified in his eyes. Yeah, I beg you by the mercies of God. Justification. Security, chapter 5 and 8. Eternal life, chapter 2, 5 and 6. Freedom from sin, 6, 7 and 8. Resurrection, chapter 8. One day, I don't have to be afraid of a funeral. I don't have to be afraid of a funeral director. I don't have to be afraid of a casket or a grave. Because one day, if I go by way of the grave, I'm going to get up again. Somebody say amen. Yeah, by the mercies of God. Resurrection, chapter 8. We've been adopted into his family, chapter 8. In the intercession of Christ and the Holy Ghost, chapter 8. Oh, I beg you by the mercies of God. From chapter 1 all the way to chapter 11, he's telling you over and over and over and over again what God has done and what God has given you. Are y'all with me? Yeah, he gets all jacked up about it too. Because <clears throat> in verse, watch this now, I'll show you. Verse 33 of chapter 11. Verse 33 of chapter 11, watch what he says. After, after listening to all this stuff and talking about all that God's done for us, he says, oh, can you feel it? I, I said, can you feel it? Oh, he says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He just goes into worship mode. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor or who hath given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Everything we have is because of him. Everything we are is because of him. All the hope we have is because of Him. Our future and our destiny is because of Him. Therefore, therefore, 
the psalmist said this in Psalm 116, verse 12. He said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? The psalmist said, what can I give God after he's been so good to me? What, what, can I, what can I do for God? What can I give the one who's given so much to me? Paul says, Can I answer that question? You see, the psalmist gives the question in Psalm 116 and Paul gives the answer in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, all the things that he's given me, all the blessings of salvation, all the grace and the glory of God that he's bestowed upon me. He says, now this is what he wants. This is what he wants. I beseech you therefore, therefore, because of all this stuff, because of Romans 1 through 11, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. What, what is God saying? He says, because I've given myself to you, I expect you to give yourself to me. Yeah. I, I'm, mm-hmm. That's the why. Now let's look at the what. Let's look at the what. Look in, in verse number one. That ye... Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, that, this is obvious. This is obvious Old Testament imagery. <clears throat> Old Testament imagery. When, nobody's going to bring a goat in here and let's kill it on this altar. <clears throat> Are y'all with me? So you got you to engage your brain and think a minute. Paul is using Old Testament imagery to, to make a point. When Jesus died on the cross, we no longer have sacrifices. We no longer kill bulls or goats or anything and, and, uh, and, and all that kind of thing. We don't do that. That's been canceled out. There, no, no, there is no more need for sacrifice. Jesus was the final sacrifice. But he's using Old Testament, Old Testament imagery to show you something. You see, the priest would bring a sacrifice. The priest would bring an animal, a special animal, an important animal. And, I, and I'll get to that in just a minute. <clears throat> we need to really get that point. But he would bring something that was valuable. It was of value to the people. And he would bring that offering. Say that word with me. He would bring that offering to God. That's what worship was. They would bring something to God. They would bring that sacrifice. Now, how many of y'all know you're priests? Yeah. I, I see that look. I better show you. Look what it says. 1 Peter 2, 5. 1 Peter 2, 5. Ye, look at your neighbor and says, me and ye are that. <clears throat> yeah, that's me and ye. Ye. Ye also, if you're saved, if you're a child of God, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy... To, what's that next word? 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Did you get that? Now look at this. Look at this. 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal what? Priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 2 Corinthians 8.5. We'll come back to that one in, the, in, in, a few more, in a few moments. 2 Corinthians 8.5 said this, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the and unto us by the will of God. Now let's look at this image. Let's look at this imagery, this picture. He is showing the picture of the priest coming in and offering this sacrifice, offering this valuable animal to God. We're giving to God because God has given so much to us and we, we owe the Lord. We, we are obligated to give unto the God who's given us so much. And so now he is saying, listen, it's not, it's not a blood sacrifice. It's not an animal sacrifice. We don't, we don't sacrifice goats or calves or any of those things anymore. What do we sacrifice? What do we bring and give to God? You. They gave themselves to the Lord. The image is this. You as a priest, you as a representative of God is to come before the altar. The imagery there, you are to come before the altar and say, God, here I am. God, I'm giving myself to you. I'm surrendering my life and giving my all to you. We got a messed up society. And, and, and really, the, the society's always been messed up, but we've allowed the society to creep into the church, and now the church is messed up. Because church people have the mentality that i got to go find a place that I can get something from. Not one thing, and, 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 and listen, I need you to really listen to me right here. I'm not being disgruntled. I'm trying to prove a point. Not one single verse in the Bible says anything about getting when it comes to coming and worshiping God. Every single verse that describes worshiping God is you bringing something to give to Him. But we live in a society where we want to say, I wonder what this church has to offer. I wonder what that church has to offer. Well, the the church is not supposed to offer anything. You're supposed to offer yourself to God. That's worship. And the reason we have, and, and let, me, let me back up, let me back up. Now I'm going to just, I'm, a, I'm sick, so I got an excuse. So I'm going to say what I want to say. You me tell you why this has happened? You me tell you why this mentality has creeped into the church? It's because we figured out how to make unsaved people try to do Christianese things. In order to get a bigger crowd... In order to get a bigger crowd, in order to have the numbers, in order to do this, we've just accepted unsaved people, and now we're trying to fight to get them to act in a saved way. Because you don't have to bribe, and you don't have to plead, and you don't have to beg with somebody who's truly converted. They want to do something for God. So we're living in a system. Now, I know why. I know why. I know why that the Laodicean church age is nauseating in God's eyes because it's full of unsaved church people trying to act like saved people. Yeah, yeah. Come on, brother. Right. 
And in order to keep them, we got to keep entertaining them. We got to keep doing the bigger, better, best. We got to do this and that and just provide and provide and give them what they ask for. Well, honey, that dog ain't going to hunt no more. Because, ho, ho, worship is not about what we get. Worship is about what we give. We come to God and offer ourselves on the altar and say, God, everything I am is yours. That's the truth. So we got we to gotta keep building bigger buildings, bigger programs, bigger this, bigger that, because we're trying to entertain goats and not feed sheep. What's the difference between a sheep and a goat? A goat will butt all the time. But, 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 but. I like the church, but. I like the music program, but. Take your, anyway. Yeah, give me some right there. Ah, yeah. Oh. That's, that's coming from a pastor that dealt with ghosts for 30 years. <laughs> he can do that now. He couldn't do that then. Amen. I should have had somebody fill in for me today. <clears throat> it's the truth. It's the truth. I, I, I'm trying to be just a little facetious because it's, it's really sad. Because you beg and you beg and you beg and you beg people to help in this area, help in that area, and you, you got to do this and you got you to do everything and walk on your tippy toes around people because you don't want to hurt feelings, you don't want to do that because people are so temperamental and they carry their feelings on their shoulder. Well, there's a problem with that because the Bible says, it says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. So what have we done? We filled the church houses with unsaved people and now we're trying to keep them happy. I tell you this, I, I, I read a quote. I read a quote and I, I shared it. Man, it's good too. It said, living the Christian life is not hard. Faking the Christian life is what's hard. If you find it hard to go to church and you find it hard to serve God, you find it hard to give and be generous, you might want to check up. How in the world can you list and study and read all of the mercies of God and not come to God and say, let me do something for you. Let me do something for you. Let me serve you. Oh, God, let me, please. Not sit there. I'm telling you, I, I'm, 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 I'm done, I done got a place in my life. I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of babying people. Now you can grow up, take the, take the binky out your mouth and start eating some mashed potatoes and some, and, and some green beans and we'll get to some meat in a minute, but don't, you, we're not, binky babies ain't going to work around here. Amen. It's not about what we get. It's not about what we get. 
We come and we sit and soak and sour. Wonder why we're not satisfied. Wonder, here's the thing. Here, and and this, this might be a revelation to some of y'all. Some of you have been struggling for years. And you got this, your mentality's all backwards. And what I mean by that, you're trying to get victory in your life and you're trying to get more of God. Well, I want to get more of God, and I want to, I want to get more of God, what God has for me, and I want to get more, more of his presence, and I, I want to get more of his blessings, and I want to get more of his favor. Do you know the Bible says that when you got saved, you got all of it? When you got saved, you got all of him, all of his blessings. It's all in there. The problem is he don't have all of you. And, and listen, the real Christian life is not about getting more of God. You can't handle what you got. The real Christian life is about God getting all of you. Present your body. Now look at, look at the, the sacrifices given everything. There's no reserves. There's no holding back. It's all, all. We're all in. And what he's saying here, because of the mercies of God, because all the blessings of God, because everything God has done for you, you need to come to the altar and say, God, I am all, I'm all yours. I'm all in. Here I am. Here I am. That's not what we want to do. We want to, it's all about convenience. It's all about what I can get. Number three, I want you to see the how. We've seen the why. We've seen the what. The, the why is, by, therefore, by the mercies of God, the what is ye present your bodies. You do it. Do you notice the, 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 the imagery there? Nicky Joe, he ain't going to make you do anything. He wants you to present yourself willingly, freely to him. Does that, that make sense? Ye present yourself. Ye come to me and say, here I am. Here I am. Now, how do we do that? <clears throat> how do we do that? The word sacrifice, the word sacrifice means to surrender. Say that with me. To. Surrender. Everybody say it. Come on, even the balcony. I know some of y'all mad, but it'll be all right. We're almost done. Sacrifice to. Surrender. surrender but it also means to suffer loss. So say that with me. To surrender and to. And to offer to. God. Now let's think about something for a minute. Let's think about something a minute. What have we really sacrificed lately? And don't nobody point or raise hands or nothing. I just want you to think a minute. Sacrifice means it costs you. If, if, Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to elaborate. You get the point. It costs you. There, there's two people that can give $10, and one of them sacrificed, and one of them didn't. If one's got $1,000 in his pocket and the other's got $12 in his pocket and they both gave 10 there ain't but one sacrifice. Does that make sense? Because true sacrifice costs you. Now I want to I want to I want to give you this this verse out of out of Second Samuel. David makes a a, a a a huge 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 point. He needs to sacrifice to God. He he needs to give to God because, and I'm not going to go into all details. We don't have time, but 
anyway, he needs to sacrifice to God and he's trying to get some stuff to do it with. And the king said to Arune, nay, because this man who had the stuff David needed said, just take it, you can have it. David said, I need this stuff, I'll buy this stuff from you because I need to make a sacrifice to God. And he's saying, oh, this is the king. Hey, hey, just take it, you can have it. Watch what David says. Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Watch this now, this is huge. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So he paid the 50 shekels of silver. David said, if it doesn't cost me, it's not sacrifice. He said, I'm not going to offer to God something that costs me nothing. I wouldn't be making the sacrifice. Arunic, you would be making the sacrifice. Now think about that, guys. Now here's where I want to go with that. I want to read Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. God has got to... He's got a, 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 an issue with the nation of Israel. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 says, A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where's my honor? And if I be a master, where's my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you. O priests that despise my name. And ye say, where we despise thy name? Watch what they were doing. Ye offer, what's that word? Polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, say the Lord of hosts. What were they doing? Now put your seatbelt on. They were taking the undesirable. And they were taking what they couldn't use for anything else. Now from the beginning of time, God has required at our hands the best. We offer unto Him our best. Why? Because He's given us His best. But they were given leftovers. They were given scraps. They were given what even the governor of the city would not even take. And they were offering it to the, the, the supreme being of the universe, the God of all glory. They were taking the worst that they had. What they had left over, what they didn't even want, we'll just give this to God. Now, now, now before you say anything, before you say anything, that is no different. That is no different. That when you are asked to serve, you think, well, let me see what, what time I have. When you're asked to give, well, let me see what I've got at the end of this month and we'll see what we can do. You know what, you know what we're saying? God, if I have some leftovers, you're welcome to them. You, you, you've got gifts that you can use for the cause of Christ, but you don't use them unless it's convenient. You don't do it unless it, it is easy. You don't do it unless, if it puts you out of the way or upsets your schedule a little bit, then, then, whoa, wait a minute now, let me see what I can, listen, I've been doing this a long time, guys, don't look at me like that. 
I know who I'm talking to and I know the mentality that we have. God is not in first place in most of our lives. He's not at the top of the totem pole. He is not where he ought to be. He ought to be the priority in our lives. And we want a Christianity that doesn't cost anything. We want a Christianity that's convenient. We don't, we don't want a Christianity that's going to put us out of our comfort zone. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the Christianity of the Bible. The Christianity of the Bible is very costly. The Christianity of the Bible will cost you everything. Let me prove it. Jesus said, <clears throat> Jesus said, <clears throat> Luke 14, 33. So likewise, he whoever, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my what? Disciple. If he's not first, if he's not priority in our lives, we're not right. You say, where, where do we? And by the way, Let's back up a minute. I, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living. stop right there. A living. living. A living. God doesn't want you to die for him. God wants you to live for him. We die to self and we live to him. And how do we do that? Three things. We've we got to hurry. We've got to hurry. Where do we sacrifice? Where do we offer the sacrifice, the living sacrifice in our life, in, our, in who we are, in our worship? In our worship. Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us, what's that word? Offer. Let me say this. Did you come this morning to get? Or did you come this morning to offer? I'm not talking about money. That's number three. We'll get there. But did you come this morning with a praise on your lips? Did you come this morning with gratitude in your heart? Did you come this morning thankful that he woke you up this morning? That you had clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. It said, let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise. What is that? The fruit of our lips. The fruit of our I know what some of y'all are thinking. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not vocal. I don't, I'm not an emotional person. I don't raise my hand. I don't voice. I'm worshiping on the inside. That's not the, you can't, you can't tell God how he wants it. This ain't about you. It's, it, that's like you going. That's like you going to Burger King and 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 and, and see at Burger King you can have it your way. And and when you come to Burger King, you say, "Look here, I want some extra ketchup. I don't want no onions on that. Don't even wave an onion around my sandwich. Say amen." And I, I want extra cheese, and I want I want mayonnaise, and I want some some pickles. Say amen. And then he goes, and the person making it says, you know, I'm not for, I'm not for pickles, but I really like onions, so I'm not going to put no pickles on it. I'm going to put some onions on it, and I ain't much on ketchup, so I'm going to put. 
you come to church and God is telling you what he wants. He wants you to come with praise. He wants you to come with gratitude. He wants you to come with a thankful heart and a cheerful giving. And you're coming and you're saying, I don't want to do that. This is what I want. Honey, it ain't about you. Practice. It's okay. It's okay. Just say, amen. It'll grow on you. You'll get used to it. It'll be good. Praise God. Woo. I mean, you don't even have to go way up here, man. Just start. Are y'all with me? Let me tell you why you won't do it, because it's pride. I'm going to be embarrassed. Fooey on that. I don't care what people think. I don't, want, I don't care what people think about me. I get in my own groove and I get in my own rhythm. Because it ain't about you and it ain't about whoever's singing. It's about me and God. There's an audience of one. It's just me and God, baby. Tammy gets so mad at me. She was beside me the other day. I'm trying. I got my worship groove on and she reaches over and grabs my hands. She said, you're out of time. <laughs> Trina, you know that's true because y'all laughing at me too. That's right. You're messing me up. Well, honey, you should focus on Jesus and not me, baby. I'm offering my praise. I'm offering my, hey, I'm glad. I'm not going to hell. I'm glad. I get to preach the gospel. I'm glad. I got an awesome church to go to. Don't mess with my groove. Right? How much have you offered this morning already? Well, I tell you, they didn't sing my song. We have so messed this thing up. We have created a consumer-driven body. And if it's not what they want, they blow up. Because they've made it about themselves. Offer. Say it with me. Come on, everybody. Offer the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of and be careful how you how you judge somebody's worship. Sacrifice means it's costly. There were people that made fun of the woman who came to Jesus and wept and cried and washed his feet with her tears and and, and, and they mocked her and they didn't understand what that praise cost her. That's a whole other message. Anyway, what's God want? He wants you to come and offer praise. You to worship. This is not. <clears throat> what's the word? Who my teachers in here? Not important, not necessary. You can do it or not do it. What, what's what's the word? What's optional? Optional. This stuff, this stuff we do on Sunday morning. This is not optional. Well, it's a little chilly outside. A little rainy. We already went twice this month. <laughs> if you're here for the very first time, 
You picked the wrong Sunday to come, baby. See, I'm going to try to get it all out of my system so I can blame it on the sickness. <clears throat> Not one single time did I ever ask my father on Sunday morning, we going to church today? Why? I enjoyed my teeth. Let me say this, I'm going to move on. Look, it's already past the statute of limitations. You ain't going to get in trouble. It's all right. If you're, let me say this, and this is serious. This is serious. I don't want to hurt no feelings, but I'm going to be straight with you. If your kids have to wonder whether you're going to church on Sunday morning, that is terrible. If you're not in such a habit to come and worship your Savior, if it is not so important to you and the priority of your life that they've got to wonder, are we going to church today? You're setting a very bad precedent. God wants us to offer the sacrifice of, come on everybody, of praise, the fruit of our lips. Then, then secondly, not just our worship but our, our service. <clears throat> Look what he says in Romans six thirteen. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Yield means to surrender. Say that with me. Yield means to surrender, surrender your members. Your members are your hands and your feet and your eyes and your ears. And, does that make sense? The members of your body. What he's saying, he said, surrender yourself, your body, your body, your, your hands, your, everything about you unto God. Not as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself, surrender unto God. Do what God wants you to do. Live the way God wants you to live. Serve the way God wants you to serve. And those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I can use this hand to be a member of unrighteousness. Or I can use this hand to be a member of righteousness. It's just a tool. It's just a tool. It's like a hammer. I can take a hammer and I can build something. Or I can take a hammer and I can destroy something. What God is saying here, present yourself on the altar and say, God, here I am. Anytime, anywhere, any place, you tell me what to do. If you want me to preach, I'll preach. If you want me to teach, I'll teach. If you want me to sing, I'll sing. If you want me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary. If you want me to go to Zimbabwe, I'll go to Zimbabwe. If you want me to be, hey, if you want me to go to Holly Pond, they need Jesus over there. <laughs> and if you're from West Point, you do too. I've been there. Amen. <laughs> and Bremen, and Coleman, and Good Hope, and Vinemont, and Hartzell. Say amen. amen. AD, they need Jesus in Hartzell? Yes, sir. Have you surrendered? Are you using your instruments every day to do service to our King? Are you His hands? Are you His feet? Are you His eyes? Are you His ears? Are you His mouthpiece to proclaim the goodness and gospel of the Grace of God. He says surrender. Yield. That's what the word yield means. Surrender. Surrender. Here it is, Lord. Use them. 
See, a mature Christian is, is all his. Surrender. Then lastly, our resources. <clears throat> our resources. 2 Corinthians 8.1 Moreover, brethren, Paul is speaking about a, spe- a specific offering that the churches of Macedonia, which were very, very poor, very poor, there was a, a famine going on in Jerusalem, and they were taking up an offering in the Macedonian churches, which is northern Greece, to help those Christians, those uh, uh, saints in Jerusalem. Now watch how he described what they did. God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia how that in a great trial of affliction, in other words, they were going through it. I mean, it wasn't a, 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 a uh, uh, recession, it was a depression. Say amen. A great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. What does that mean? They were giving. Now watch how they did it. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. In other words, they wanted to join in fellowship with the ability to bless these saints in Jerusalem. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord And unto us by the will of God. Let me describe this. They were in utter poverty going through hell itself. Having a difficult, difficult time. But the grace of God was upon them. And they said let's help these people in Jerusalem. Let's help these saints that are starving in Jerusalem. And they started putting up and and getting their resources together. And then they begged Paul please take this. We want to be a part of this thing. We want to be involved in this ministry of helping them. Please take this. These were not rich people. These were not well-off people. They were in utter poverty. But they had joy in their heart, and they begged Paul to take this. Why? How could they do that? How could they do that? Listen, this is how. It says they first gave themselves to the Lord. Then they gave to us. You want me to tell you why you got so so many stingy Christians? Most of them are lost. But the ones that are not are immature. And they've never come to God and say, here I am. They've never totally surrendered everything to God. Because if you ever surrender everything to God, that means everything. That means everything. That means everything you are. That means everything you have. Everything I got is God's. I have no problem giving it to him because it's already his. How many of y'all are ladies that have no problem spending somebody else's money? Yeah, swipe that thing. Amen. You don't have no problem giving to God when it's his. I, I'm just preaching. I, when it comes to this giving stuff, this, this money thing, I, I just have problems. That's because you've never been to the altar. Because if you ever totally surrender, let me tell you what will happen when you find there's a need. Hey! Help me. Let me help. Let me help. Come on, please, 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 please. It says with joy. Y'all read it? 
What does it say about what does God love? A cheerful giver. <laughs> when you have a hard time turning loose, you need to go back and read chapter 1 through 11. When you have a hard time with generosity, you need to go back and read the mercies of God. Because when you finish reading all the mercies of God, here, it's yours. Why does God need my money? He don't. He don't. He ain't, ain't going to miss a bill. What's he after then? You see what you don't know. According to scripture, there is a sciatic nerve that leads from your heart to your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I got Bible, some of y'all. What? Yeah. It says where a man's treasure is, there will his so, so, so when you go to, when you go to ask for an offering, and they, oh, you know it's connected to. Well, you said he don't need my wallet. He don't need my money. He don't. He's wanting your heart. How do you know that? Because every time I've given to God, he's always given more back to me. He didn't care about that. He had plenty to spare. He wanted my heart. He wanted it on the altar. I want you all. If you can't do that, say, preacher, that's just not the kind of Christian I am. You might need to check and see if you are a Christian. I'm not going to say you're going to be good at all this right away, but you're going to want to. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word that challenges and convicts and 